Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm Matt, I'm the host, and with me this week is my fantastic co-host, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been up to this week? Um... Probably just going to have to tell that story again, sorry. <laughs> I got a rat. <laughs> Yay, I got a rat mount. Rats. Yeah, um, I got a rat mount. That was just kind of a random side thing. I don't remember why I was in the underbelly. I went down there. I think I was checking the black market auction house or something random, and then I realized, oh yeah, I never did that achievement to get the the rat stallion. So I went ahead and knocked that out over several days. Um, that was fun, and oh, I got another dagger. So I have one dagger that is 350 and I have another dagger that is 340 which is still not as good as the 370 gear that I'm carting around but I'm going to call it a plus because at least I, I think my item level is at like 360 now or something like that which is respectable. It's respectable for not doing raiding because I don't do regular raiding um, and LFR is still being really rude to me as far as drops go but that's okay i'm okay with that i, I cool. think i'm finally how long has the expansion been out now <laughs> uh quite a few months it's december so we have four patch. months five months <laughs> we have patch 8.1 coming out what next week <laughs> that is correct we do have 8.1 next week and i'm finally satisfied with my daggers mostly <laughs> It took so, this yeah. long. Oh no. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's all that's been going on in game really is just been working on that stuff and then outside of the game, my room is way more organized than I think it has ever been in my life, which is pretty great actually. So and snow. Snow has been a thing. I'm sure snow has been a thing for you too. Uh let me put it this way. I shoveled my walk yesterday. Yeah. Got up this morning and there was a foot of snow in my walk. Yeah, we so don't have anything it. that bad. Oh, no, no, but... I'm not done. I then yeah. went to the store because I hadn't eaten yet and I was very hungry. Uh, there's a parking ban. You can't park your car anywhere in the city because of the snow. I come home, there's a foot of snow in my walkway. So I have to shovel it out again. And I will be having to shovel it out again when this podcast is done because that's I life now, shoveling. 
Yeah. Um, it hasn't gotten that bad here. We just had a couple of days where it was like, hey, guess what? It's December. Dump snow everywhere and then move on. Um, it hasn't snowed since, but I'm kind of like keeping one wary eye on the sky because it's been kind of overcast lately. And I'm just waiting for it to do it again. Because that's just what I'm, happens here. <laughs> I'm just hoping it stays below freezing. I remember when Which I moved back here, I was like, I w- when I moved back here, I was like, oh, yeah, snow. I really miss snow. That lasted for like a week. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I've been living up here for like 12 years and I'm well past the point where I, I'm happy to see snow. Yeah. I, I, I want it gone. If I can make a bubble around the city and raise the heat permanently to above freezing i would just so it wouldn't snow don't Uh, get me wrong i i think it's very pretty and i love the part where it's falling from the sky and it's very quiet outside because everything's just kind of hushed and muffled and that's really serene it's the part where it starts collecting on the ground that i have a problem with yeah i wouldn't care if i didn't have to shovel out my walk i mean that's the problem is i'm i'm having to be out there like three or four times a day just trying to keep it clear so Basically, so the Amazon guy can show up with some weird ass thing that I didn't order. So yeah, that, that's that's the the fun of of having to shovel snow. What have and you we been get doing in Wow? What have you been doing? What in have wow? I been doing in Wow? Hmm, that is a good question. The answer is creating alts and then discarding them. Uh, I've basically been waiting for eight point one. Eight point one has been. I'm waiting for the warfront to open up. I'm waiting for stuff to happen over there. I I'm really excited about that. I'm not so excited about what's currently going on just because. I feel like we've got we went a month past my tolerance point. Like I need content a slightly faster than we're getting it, but that's okay. I go and play something else until such time as it comes. So next week will be the the new Warfront will come out, and I will be all over that because I've wanted to see what's going on with that story for quite some time. I and can't wait. I totally want to see what's going on with that, and um, yeah, I want to see what's going on with that. I I think you're right. It's been like maybe about a month to well I can't really say too long because it hasn't been too long but I I feel like even if I had been raiding like I'd been raiding all along and raiding old deer all along I would still be at the point where I'm like okay can we get something new please yeah I think part of the problem for me was that old deer was it for end game for me because I don't do I don't do a ton of pvp so it was basically just Warfronts and and Eldir. If I ran more Mythics, maybe it wouldn't have been such a problem, but I'm not a big Mythic player. I do the occasional Mythic Dungeon, but not... Island Expeditions have kept me kind of amused, but they only go yeah. so far. I'm actually going to get more serious about those in 8.1, so let's talk about Island Expeditions in 8.1, because that's one of the things that's happening. Uh, I've been trying to get transmog looks from those things forever. Yeah. There's a, there's a two-handed sword that drops off of the Vrykul that I've wanted forever, but I haven't been able to get it. And they're changing the way drops work. And if I understand it correctly, it's like anything, you, if you kill a Vrykul mob in an island expedition, they have a chance to drop the Vrykul themed sword. If you drop, you know, the drops that are specific to a kind of thing, you don't have to wait for them to like show up. You you can just kill anything that's got, that's got a possibility. Okay. So here's, here's the thing with island expeditions. Initially, the way that they worked was that, if you wanted a chance at one of the drops, the drops were themed around particular mobs. So, like, if you wanted a pirate item, you would have to wait until the pirate people showed up and you would have to kill a particular pirate enemy. But if you skip that stuff, 
like the rare spawns and the random events and stuff like that, then you lost out on your chance to get that item. So what? So that if you end were up... playing it more efficiently, if you were going for the the ones that dropped the more Azerite, you would end up not getting your you chance were... of the drop. Yeah, if you were just buzzsawing your way through the place as quickly as possible, like most people tend to do, because it's like, oh, get this many Azerite, so you work on getting that much Azerite, right? If you were just buzzsawing your way through it then you never really got a chance to get those drops because you weren't concentrating on the mobs. If you were concentrating on the mobs, then you weren't really paying attention to your Azrite total. And honestly, it didn't matter if you won the island expedition or not. It was, did you kill enough of these dudes for, you know, RNG to kick in and you to get a cool thing? Which, it, so what, what, we, yeah, what en ended up happening here, I can't talk today. What ended up happening here is that people would queue up for a random island, island expedition, right? And you'd get two people who were really gung-ho about getting through there as quickly as possible and concentrating on the Azrite stuff. And you'd get one person in there who really wanted to kill the rares because they wanted the rare drops and things. And these people would fight with each other because obviously they're working at two completely different ends, right? Or what would happen was when I did it, it was that I would basically scrub their chances for winning because I was off in the corner trying yeah. to kill the fragment to get that sword. That's, right. That's what right. So, so people would get really cranky about this. So what they're doing in 8.1 is the drop chances have not changed. Like the actual percentage chance you have of getting a drop, that has not changed. What has happened is that if if there's like anyone in the group who like it's basically all players on an expedition they'll have a chance to get cosmetic rewards and it's just based on the island's inhabitants it's not based on who is specifically killed so if you go to Vrykul Island you don't have to kill named Vrykul anymore you just have to be present on Vrykul Island and you have a chance for that sword to drop it's the same yeah. chance as before, it's just that you don't have to kill a particular mob to get it. So I can basically just actually help them win. Yes. Okay. And it won't yes. make a yes. difference because everybody will have the same chance for a thing. Yeah, that's that's what I was hoping for because, quite frankly, I I want that sword. And I want there's a bunch of other stuff, actually, quite a few cosmetic things I want. But what I don't want to do is actually have to, you know fight with people over whether or not they should be playing <laughs> that's, properly. Yeah, that's the thing is is they don't really want people fighting with each other because that's not the point. You want to work together on these expeditions to get stuff. Okay, cool. They're going to go ahead and change that. And then, of course, you know, the higher the difficulty level you go to the island expedition on, the more of a chance you'll get at getting this. So if you go do it like on a mythic or whatever. Oh, can really? Do, can you do that mythic? Wasn't the case I don't before. know if it's you heroic, can do mythic. It's heroic. Okay. Yeah, if you go do it on heroic mode, you have more of a chance to get it then that's awesome because up yeah. to now there was no reason to do heroic no you've like, got really, you've got a better was... chance of getting the little goodies and things like that if you go do it if you go do it on heroic which is pretty good um anyway so all of this stuff goes live with 8.1 which i'm kind of excited about like i said i like doing island expeditions i think they're fun but yeah, it's always kind of awkward when you get in one of those groups where there's like one or two of the three people that are there, especially if you're the one that's in the minority, because <laughs> then it's yeah. like, well, do I go with these other two people or do I just like duck out of here because I want to do this really fast, but they just want to mess around and kill rares or, you know, it, it just, it kind of depends on what you want to do. So 
I'm glad that they've done something to address this because it should make it a little bit easier, just it, particularly for random queuing, just random queuing for an island expedition. I do like doing those things. I just want that sword so bad. It's a beautiful sword. It's this nice black, very cool theme to hand blade. It's really cool. Uh, not that I'm, you know, a complete maniac for transmog for two-handed swords or nothing, <laughs> but, but yeah, I pretty yeah. much Yeah, I but, uh, can't wait for the new Warfront, though. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I um, and I'm looking I forward to start the story the quests. quests. Yeah. yeah, the story quests that go along with that. I'm really looking I forward to that. I want to see that happen. I want to see what happens, and then I, I want to get tucked into that warfront because it, it really interests me. So I'll probably do that quite a bit. So uh, yeah, that is going live um, a week from well, a week from yesterday. It's going live on yeah. December 11th. So the next time we do the show. We're going yeah. to be talking about Warfronts and and 8.1 probably next week. That's probably going to be the crux of what we're talking about next now, week. Now, I should mention that the, the new raid is not opening next week. No. Uh, it's not coming for some time. They haven't. I don't believe they've even been specific as to when it's coming out. I haven't heard them say anything as to exactly when they're opening. I don't think but that there's been a specific day mentioned. I believe that they mentioned that it was going to be after the holidays because, you know, they want to give everybody... They don't want to open a brand new raid right when everybody is going on holiday breaks or maybe going to do things with their families or maybe, you know, not everybody. I don't I don't know about how your raid guilds have worked, but I know with my raid guilds, usually over the holidays, we just ended up taking a break anyway because there were so many people that were out. Yeah, either you end up taking a break or you end up having to scale back to farm stuff because right. people just weren't there. Or, you know, for that matter, lizard people aren't going to be there. Like, some no. people are going to take their vacations, too. So, there's so, I mean, it just, less staff. it just makes sense. They don't want to introduce a brand new raid right before the holidays when not a lot of people are going to be, be there. And they don't want people to sacrifice, you know, family time or holiday time or whatever to go grind out for a world first on a raid that nobody really cares about, you know? It's like, look, go do your family time, come back at the beginning of next year, and then we'll talk about the new raid. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think that's sense. how it's going to work. Yeah. But just, just so people are clear, when next week starts, there's not going to be a new raid. So don't don't be like, getting, oh, God, we have to get consumers ready. No, you'll, you're going to still be an old ear if you're a raider. So keep that in mind. But um, besides the island expeditions and besides war, the new Warfront coming, um, there's still actually quite a few other things. There's like if you're a, a hunter, I think both marks and survival are getting tweaked. Um, so be yep. paying attention to that. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit going on, and we've got a post on the site about it. So if you want to look at all the various changes, we've we've got a post we keep updated that's that's got that kind of stuff. But I wanted to move on to talk about Heroes of the Storm because what the heck is going on with Heroes of the Storm skins? Oh, what help me with this? I don't understand. Okay, Heroes of the Storm. Um... I don't know exactly how this works into um, their lore. <laughs> I don't think it does, really. But uh, they're doing a Winter Veil event again this year. And their, to their, their skin theme is fascinating because it's toys. So Stitches has a skin that turns him into a giant fuzzy teddy bear with a zipper right down his stomach. And there's like yarn intestines falling out it's fantastic um it's stitches and dehaka and valera they're all getting into new skins and they're all toy themed um there's also some new mounts that are coming out there's like a um cosmic lion 
the there's plush unicorns that are probably about the most adorable thing I have ever seen in my life. They don't they don't those ones with the tongue sticking out. Yes. They don't move around the screen so much as they just sort of flop around the board. <laughs> and it's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. I need a plush version of one of these things like immediately. <laughs> and I hope they release one. Uh they this also Masters have the Universe Tahaka skin. I gotta talk about this thing for a second. Yes. This thing is amazing. It looks like it looks like every eighties toy line ever made. Like I don't know how to explain it further than that. It looks like a like an eighties, nineties action figure. It it really does. Like it looks almost beast warsy. That's how it looks like. It's messed up. I don't even know what he's supposed to be, but it's cool. The other thing is that there is a new announcer pack coming out called, I believe it's just called The Kid. Um, and it's a little kid. It's a little kid that's just basically, you know, announcing things for you as things go along. Um, the kid, you can hear his voice in the trailer and it's absolutely hysterical. I believe, I'm not 100%, but I believe that is the voice of Catbug that is doing the the talking and it's absolutely adorable. And if you don't know who Catbug is, oh my gosh, go get on the internet. <laughs> it's a it's cartoon not that thing. Sp- the talking spider thing, is it? No, Catbug okay, is okay. just Catbug. He's a cat with a ladybug shell on his back, and he has the most adorable voice I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, so yeah, uh, there's also going to be new sprays and all that other stuff going on. Um, I don't know if they said, I believe, I think they said that this is also coming on December 11th, like this is launching next week. Because um, I think they're doing like all of their Winter Veil vale stuff is kind of coming out at yeah. the same time. So it's not Winter Veil, vale, but Patch 8.1 is coming out on the 11th. The Heroes of the Storm Winter winter veil event with the winter toy stuff that's coming out on the 11th and i believe if i remember correctly overwatch is doing yeah, overwatch is yeah, in the 11th as well absolutely their, yeah. their winter wonderland event is also coming out on the 11th of december so no matter what game you're playing there's going to be new stuff next week pretty much yeah it's it except for diablo of course but we all knew that was not going to have anything for christmas but yeah they're, they're everyone else is doing a holiday thing they're, it's all going to be next week so yeah yeah, um, which means we should probably talk about the Overwatch one since we just mentioned that it's happening. Um, yeah, and we don't exactly know what's going on with it yet, but um, it looks like uh, Blizzard World is getting a Winter Wonderland makeover, so they're getting Christmas lights and stuff on that map. Um, I believe they revealed the first of the new skins today. It's a snowboarder skin for Zarya. What's really funny is that the snowboarder hat that she is wearing, it is a teddy bear head. And it looks like the teddy bear skin from Stitches. <laughs> it's a blue bear head. And Stitches in the trailer was a big blue stuffed bear. So yeah, it's like he sacrificed his pelt so that Zarya could keep her head warm, I guess. Which is really, you know, which what had to happen, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to do any new Winter Wonderland stuff like I don't know if they're going to do a new event. I, I know that uh, Yeti Hunt and May Snowball Offensive, those are both coming back. So if you enjoyed doing either one of those, those are going to be back. You'll be able to do those. And I don't know if they're introducing another arcade mode or not. Yeah, but there are, there's also some rumors that there's going to be some uh, some Nutcracker-themed skins. That, that's yeah, I think we talked about this last week a little bit, too. Um, yeah. Because there, there was kind of a hint at... Um, a junk rat king skin where he looks like the rat king from the Nutcracker. 
Yeah. Um, and, and possibly a Snow possibly Queen variant. Yeah. yeah, a Snow Queen variant for Widowmaker. Um, since they've just started announcing these skins over on Twitter, it's worth it to keep an eye out on Overwatch's Twitter. It's at Play Overwatch for people that ha- aren't following them on Twitter already. But usually what they do is they release the skins. It's like one a day leading up to the event. Um, so if you're interested in seeing what other new skins are coming up and you want like first look at them, follow their Twitter account or just keep a look, you know, keep an eye on the website here because we will be updating the post as we see more of the skins become available. It looks like fun. I always, I love, I love the holiday stuff that they do for all of the games. I mean, I don't play Heroes of the Storm because I'm just really, really, I can't stress how bad I am at Heroes of the Storm. I am terrible at that game. But I love watching all of the event stuff come out. And I love looking at all the skins that they come out with. Because the people that are on that, the design people that they have on that team, are they pull out some of the craziest stuff. And yeah, the Winter Wonderland, Winter's Veil stuff, it has nothing to do with the narrative that they're building in Heroes of the Storm. Um, it's just kind of its own thing in its own little bubble. Same for Stitches is now just a teddy bear for real. That's <laughs> that's absolutely the lore. That's the lore in WoW too. He's just a giant teddy bear. He's it's, just a teddy bear. Big teddy bear. Yeah, sure. We should probably talk about um, also in addition, Overwatch has got their new teams coming in, and pretty much at this point, I think we have all the new names. Like I the new think we do. Um, ones I know about are the Atlanta Rain. Yeah. Uh, the Chengdu Hunters. Yes. The, uh, this is me doing my best. I'm sorry, guys. The 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 Guangzhou Charge. Yeah. The Hangzhou Spark. I know I'm butchering these. Hangzhou. Yeah. The Spark. Paris Eternal and the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I think there's another one, but I don't know its name. Uh, the Washington. Uh, oh my gosh, Justice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say up front that the best one is the Spark. I... The Spark have the best color scheme. I, I'm sorry. It's about time we had an Easter color theme for one of these, these teams. I, I am completely serious when I say that the pink and light blue works. It's really cool. It works really well. Um, I like their color scheme. I also really like Vancouver's co- color scheme with like the dark blue and the green. I think that it works well together and it looks pretty I, I don't... neat. They call themselves the Titans, but the that's Titans, clearly yeah. Bigfoot. I don't know. Well, I don't think that they could call themselves. Yeah, I don't think that they could call themselves the the Vancouver Yeti or whatever. <laughs> I don't think they could call themselves that, or maybe they could. I don't know. But um, I no, I I kind of I don't know about their logo, but I like their team colors a lot, and I think it's a oh, lot different from colors. everything else we've been seeing. So I, I'm happy with it. It's not red. <laughs> It's not black yeah, and red. <laughs> the Paris team and the Washington team are both red and blue. Um, I think the Paris team might have some white in there as well. But then again, so might the... I can't tell by looking, but they're both very similar. They're not particularly interesting. Uh, I like they, um, Washington. I like the particular hue that they chose because the red isn't quite... It's not like a bright, garish red. It's more It's more of an understand. I don't know. It's just a good color choice. I looked at it and I went, oh, yeah, no, I would not mind having a t-shirt that color. That's a good color red. <laughs> yeah, Same I'm, thing with the I'm blue. Gonna... It's kind of a little more muted, but still, you know. I'm going to say that I actually like the Hunters. I like that yellow color. Uh, I think it works well. It kind of gives them a bee oh, yeah. look. I like yeah. bees. So. Yeah. But the, the charge, eh, 
there's nothing wrong with it. The Defiant, again, it's just red and black. I, I've seen it a lot. Um, I like know, the spark. I, I really like the spark. And kudos to them for, you know, stepping out and doing a wildly, wildly different color scheme. Nobody is ever going to mistake the spark for any team other than the spark yeah, <laughs> when the, they are the, playing in Overwatch League. <laughs> Really nice pastel pink and blue is it's unique and, and different. And my God, Reaper looks hilarious in it. Um, I, I just imagine him doing the die, die, die thing, and he he's he's pink and blue, man. He looks he's like the Easter. best. <laughs> I it looks great on Tracer too. Like those colors, that color combination looks really good on Tracer. It looks really good on all the skins. I don't think that there's like a hero that those colors don't look good on. So. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play, though. I, I, I don't know if they all have full rosters yet. I think some of them are still announcing players and that kind of thing. Like, they don't have a full... Um, they aren't saying, hey, here's our whole team or anything. It's more like a, here's our team colors and our team logo, and we'll get to you with more information later. But I'm pretty sure that all of those announcements are still going to, you know, they're going to keep rolling out over the course of the month because obviously, you know, Overwatch League, it starts next year. Season 2 starts next yeah. year. So I was say, they, they need to get on that. Time. Yeah, they need to get on that and get that together. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to Season 2 because I've kind of missed seeing overwatch league all the time <laughs> all right well i think at that moment that pretty much covers news uh so we should move on to some emails if you have an email for the show please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show uh and usually reason for us so i'm gonna kick it over to her now Okay, first email is from Vertigree, who says, Hello, this is Vertigree, Undead Frost Mage on the Dalaran server. I was wondering what you all think of the possibilities of a bard class in WoW. As we get a hint in the Motherlode, where one of the idea goblins there, oh, one of the ideas that goblins there get from Kaja Cola is bards. I feel the crafting professions could get in on this. Inscribe sheet music, leather drums, engineering an organ that blasts Waycrest music. Thoughts on this? Wishing you all well. Vertigree. What do you think about bard as a playable class in World of Warcraft, Rossi? I think the only problem I see with bards as a playable class in WoW is that traditionally WoW bards in fantasy RPGs are A, jacks of all trades but masters of none, and B, about making everybody else stronger over themselves. Uh, both of these are really hard to get across in an MMO. Druids kind of have the jack of all trades thing sewn up, but it's not really tenable in, in WoW to be master of none. Like, you can't be the second best at everything, or you end up not really being picked to be anything. Does that make sense? Uh, and the other problem is being a buff class over all other things is something WoW hasn't really done. Now, does that mean they couldn't do it? No, it doesn't mean that. And I wouldn't, I have no problem with bards. I think bards are cool in most fantasy games, and I wouldn't mind seeing them get added. But I'd want Blizzard to really think about how they're going to make them feel like a WoW class. Um, after 14 years, it's time to accept that some classes just feel like WoW classes and some don't. Like, And I feel like Demon Hunters worked really well because they were very much a, a Warcraft thing. Um, bards aren't really a Warcraft thing. They've never really been present in a single Warcraft game. So you need to think hard about how you're going to integrate them and make them work. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't mind seeing them. I do think that the Kajamite thing in the Motherlode is a joke. And that needs to be pointed out. The whole point is that the ideas they're getting are not particularly great ideas. Um, 
which doesn't mean bards are a bad idea, but that's what the joke is. Um, I just thought I should throw that out there. But I mean, what would you do for a bard? I mean, how would you approach it if you were going to do it? I hadn't actually thought about the second part of what you said in terms of it doesn't, bards have never really fit into Azeroth. Like, they've never been a thing on Azeroth, and you're right. And I'm not sure how you would make them a thing on Azeroth. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, they don't really... Like, there's no story thing hook there for a bard at all, anywhere. But I would... You know, I've said before that I would love to see bards in WoW. And really, the way that I imagine them is the way that you said, where it's like, it's a buff-based class where you in a raid instead of you doing damage directly you're enhancing other people so they can do more damage so you're kind of like a support class not necessarily a healing support class but a let's get stuff done class and I feel like that could be an interesting thing to play in like a raid situation or in a dungeon situation where essentially you're playing your character but your character is essentially playing every other and you know every other player character that's there by by amplifying what they do or you know dampening whatever whatever the boss is doing that kind of thing um yeah, it's yeah. like some method of control in a way it's like it's like multi-boxing only you're not handling all of the different accounts there's players on each of those accounts and and you're just you know pulling the strings back and forth and i thought that that could be like interesting in terms of raiding or in terms of dungeons and group content but the problem that I always ran into is well what do you do when you're solo like how do you make solo play compelling in that instance because it's all well and good if you can buff other people or you know you could debuff mobs and things like that but if you aren't able to pump out a substantial amount of damage yourself well then how would you make solo play anything that would be remotely engaging? And I couldn't really answer that question, which is when I said, you know, maybe bards aren't such a good idea after all. But the thing is, is like they have designers over there that are capable of coming up with some really crazy stuff. So, I mean, if they wanted a bard class in WoW, they would figure out how to do it. And and I think that they're perfectly capable of figuring out how to do it. But again... I kind of have to go back to what you said. How would you fit that in from a story standpoint? Like, they just don't exist. They don't exist on Azeroth. So where would they even come in? How would you incorporate that into the story? Why would anyone want to be one? You know, that kind of thing. And I don't, I can't think of any compelling things like right off the bat based on, you know, outstanding lore that we've got right now. I can't think of any way to kind of like, fit that in there without saying well maybe if we go to a new planet and they're really into bards over there (laughs) actually when i was thinking about this question um one of the things that occurred to me was that the reason that we're having trouble is we're thinking about bards in the classical sense of focused on music to do this stuff but we have characters that would work for it if you made music less important um specifically i'm thinking of lore keepers like Lorekeeper Cho and, and the Pandaren Lorekeepers. They'd work for the role if you made it less about music, although they could certainly still use musical accompaniment, and made it more about weaving stories and telling us, you know, keep digging up secrets 
and their buffs could be based on, you know, they buff you against this boss because wait, they wait, understand wait, wait. its weak spots. Wait, I have an idea. Okay, so Lorewalker would be one of the specs, and it's, like, story-based, but because it's story-based, it's, like, about enhancement or that kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. you have a spec that is a Time Walker spec, and that one is, like, bent on, like, haste buffs and that kind of, it, like, works with time things. And then the mm-hmm. third spec is something. Maybe maybe uh, uh, scroll-based stuff, like with the Tortolans. So, like, you use scrolls and you put out things like that. Like, they could make it work that way. Yeah, or even... Or you could make them, like... So instead of a bard, it'd be, like, a storyteller or something. There's, like, a class in Dark... Do you ever ever play Dark Sun? you ever hear of it? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I probably never played it. Dark Sun was a and d campaign setting. It was like what it was D and D. If you set it on a world where the suns were like the world was running out of water and everything was dark and apocalyptic, but one of the things they did that we always thought was interesting was they had bards, but bards for them were like they they played mechanically the same, but the focus was on they went to place to place pretending to be entertainers, but they were actually assassins and spies, kind of like Liliana in Dragon Age. I was gonna say it sounds like Liliana or even um what oh my gosh I can't remember her name her bestie. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember her name either. <laughs> the one that betrayed the one that betrayed her. Yeah. No, Josephine. Josephine was oh, okay, trying yeah. to be one. Josephine was trying to be one. I thought you meant the one that actually betrayed her in Dragon Age. No, the original Dragon. no, no, no. I'm talking about Inquisition. Josie, Josie no, was yeah, studying Josie. to do that kind of thing, and then she stepped out from it. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you could you could definitely you could have a spec like you said. You could have the Lore Walker spec, which digs into like I think they should actually be the the boss debuffers. Because they'd be the ones who'd find secrets to use against them. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd tell you, oh, this is how those guys work. And then you'd know how to beat them better. Whereas you, the Time Walker definitely haste type stuff. I think the third one could actually be like an entertainer or like you, I, the idea of a Tortolan with like pipes built into his shell just came into my mind. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, but Critical role? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> maybe. That sounds like something they would do. Uh but yeah, there's lots of you could do. It. There's ways to make it work within World of Warcraft, but it, I don't think it could be as simple as just porting the bard over from D and D. I think it would have to be rooted in stuff we've already seen in WoW, to a degree, to, you know, just to to make them like you know all the various you know races are coming together and they're as they're coming together, they're as the world is at war, their traditions are merging and melding and bumping off of each other, and from this you know chaotic period of time, this new breed of people who want to preserve the past and ensure the future of come to be or something and see we're just doing a podcast here i'm positive blizzard could do this better (laughs) they're not they're not just two people talking on a podcast they actually have dev teams and i mean you could just do like the two specs there's no saying that you have to have like three specs i mean demon hunters only have the two specs so you could have one that's like lore walker and you could have one that's time walker and just have like a class that's like a storyteller class or i don't know preservationist that kind of thing where they're there to preserve the history as it stands and both of those both of those particular um groups on azeroth fulfill that purpose because the lore walkers obviously you know they keep track of the stories and things like that whereas the time walkers they're more concerned with actually preserving history in a very literal sense by the timelines and that kind of thing that would be cool that would be kind of cool wouldn't it yeah and it could it could certainly do everything you want from a bard it just doesn't necessarily have to involve playing a harp to do it 
I'd be I'd be kind of all about playing a class like that. Okay. Well, anyway, Vertigree, thank you for the question. Hopefully our answer was sufficient. Now I really want to play that class that we're never going to get to play. But it sounds really cool. Okay. Uh, next email is from <laughs> is from Deadmon Walken, who's a troll death knight, because of course he is, from Illidan, who says, Blizzard is steadily checking off the list of named locations in World of Warcraft and making them part of the game. Kul Tiras, Zandalar, Nazjatar, and this expansions are all big reveals in this expansion. Um... Besides Nihalatha, what other names, location, named locations do you want our Azerothian adventures to take us? Where else do you want to go that we know of that we haven't been to yet, I guess, is, is what that boils down to. What do you I'm think, I'm going to be up front. What, do, what is there that we know about but haven't been to at this point? I mean, Undermine. the Emerald Dream is pretty much it. Undermine. We've kind of been undermined, though, haven't no, we? No, I want to go to Undermine proper. I want to go to Underground Undermine. I want to go to the home of the goblins, and I want, I want Goblin Vegas. <laughs> and I think Undermine would be Goblin Vegas, and I we need it. I want to go there. I would like to go to. Um, I know it's probably stupid to say this, but Telebeam, I mean, come on, we've had the bananas for how long? I just want to go to Telebeam proper and see what's up with that place, because, I mean, obviously the bananas are aces, but what else is going on over there? I'm sure there's something crazy going on. There's something crazy going on all over Azeroth. Uh, well, I mean, if we're talking about places that have been, like, at least seen a little, but we didn't really get to see to their full extent, um, on Kora, on you know, on, on Katet, the Old Kingdom... We got yeah. two dungeons, but we didn't really get to see the whole big area. And I, it got teased a lot. It was at the end of a raid, but it never really got, you know, what's going on down there? What else is there? I mean, I, I'd love to see like an actual subterranean expansion that really dealt with all the underground stuff because I'm tired of stuff coming up out of the underground and attacking us. I want to go down and attack it down there. Like let, let's let's be the ones attacking it for once. So that that I'd be interested in. See, um, we could go do all that Nerubian stuff, and maybe Undermine would be like one of the base base capitals or something. Yeah, I could see that. Um, It'd be great. <laughs> plus, I mean, you could finally like you could actually have the Alliance one be the base of Hyjal because we know that Hyjal goes down. We know that, that the roots of Hyjal go down pretty deep, and we know that the you know, I've always wondered if the Dark Trolls are still around. We keep hearing that they're all dead, but we've never actually, like, seen them in-game at all. And that would be something I'd be interested in. If we're going to keep having trolls show up, I want to have those guys show up. The one group of trolls that were like, nah, I'm not down for anything you guys are doing. To the point where they went and became something else entirely. I, make, I them an al- make them an allied race. That would yeah, be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. It'd be cool because they might be Alliance trolls. You know, they didn't want anything to do with the Zandalar or any other trolls. They wanted to be, like, off their own thing. And they were actually, they were still showing up kind of semi-allied with the Night Elves, even in Warcraft 3. So, yeah, let's let's do that. That would be cool. Um, but I really, there's a, not a lot left on Azeroth that we know about. I mean, that's been mentioned up till now. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, we've we've gotten pretty much everything, haven't we? I mean, we've mentioned a few places, but it's getting pretty thin on the ground, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. I mean, keep in mind that there may be parts of Azeroth that we simply haven't explored yet, either. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, of of places that we know exist. Yeah, and I mean, there has been there have been points made where the globe on Azeroth is really weird because 
everything down at the bottom is is more of like a desert climate or a jungle climate, something that is typically associated with an equator where it's the halfway point and not the bottom of the world. So there may be like an entire second half of the planet that we're just not aware of yet, which would be weird. But they could throw anything that they wanted down there and it'd be great. I don't know. Um, all kinds of Titan stuff if they wanted to. Although, I don't know. I I feel like I would like to do something that is not Titan and or Demon related next expansion. Yeah. You know what would be great is if they they decided that the Titans and the Old Gods and all that stuff were focused on the continent of of Kalimdor back when they first came to Azeroth, when it was just the one big continent, and that there were other continents, but they were smaller and less important to the Titans' plan um, because the Old Gods weren't there in the first place, and so they None of that, all that stuff was happening on that one continent and the rest of the planet had its own things going on. And then there was a big explosion and the world got messed up and they've all had like however long to try and deal with it and figure it out. Like what's going on in the rest of the world if there is more to it? That would, that would be cool to get to see. It would just be kind of amusing if the Alliance and the Horde, as much of at each other's throats as they are, weren't actually the two dominant factions on the planet, but they didn't know it. Like, there was a third one that's just been quietly doing its own thing all this time. Yeah, I mean, there could be all sorts of stuff going on. Maybe watching from afar, popcorn in hand, going, God, those guys, they just really don't have it together, do they? Mm, do we want to contact them? Nah, not yet. <laughs> it's just a world of, I don't know, harpies or something. Harpies and centaur, they have, like, their own their own capital. It's massive. We just haven't seen it. It's a continent in and of itself. Yeah, eventually, I mean, they've done that before, and wow, they've had new continents just show up. And originally, this was just the Eastern Kingdoms. Before that, it was just Stormwind and the environs. Yeah. The, the thing has zoomed out before, so they could do it again. They could. All right. Uh, next email. This is from Sivus of Dethicus, who says, How would you shake up the moral compass of the Alliance? Night Elves getting more vicious and reclaiming more of the land for nature. Rebel gnomes being inspired by the Mechagon elite. Draenei leading more towards the attitude of their Draenor cousins from the Maghar recruitment, etc. Sivus of Dethicus. I, straight up, I do not believe that the Maghar recruitment can be trusted. I straight up, just because the Maghar say that that's the way it is, doesn't make it so. And the stuff you see when you do it, I've now seen all of it, doesn't prove that the Maghar are being honest with you. Uh, it proves that the, you know, the Lightforge, the, who are over there, they're not called the Lightforge over there. Um, the ones that are over there definitely have a different perspective and think that the Maghar are the crazy ones. And knowing World of Warcraft like I do, who knows? But I will say that I wouldn't mind seeing the Alliance get more aggressive. I think we're getting starting to see... If you looked at the, the video, not old soldiers, but the the more recent one with uh, Anduin and uh, oh, boy, Lost Honor, yeah, Sarfang. Lost Honor, yeah, with uh, Anduin and, and Sarfang. Um, one of the things I want to say, Drenosh. That's that's his not his name though. It's Varrock. That's his that's his son's yeah. name. <laughs> Drenosh is his son. His name is Varrock. When you see Anduin, we call him Drenosh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I like that bit. I always did. Everybody kept talking over it. I I love that bit, but it got old real fast because it was like, can we just start the fight, please? Anyway, go ahead. I just, I think what you're seeing in the Alliance, what the thing that Anduin is afraid of is in fact that the Alliance is starting to do that. Um, That they're, they're, you know, there's that part where a gang comes up and goes, we'll be, we'll be conscripting the farmers next. The, The Alliance is in a place where they're fighting an enemy that, it's it's not 
Anduin when says something really poignant in that exchange. He says, at first I thought we were fighting for peace, but it looks like, or he said, we're just fighting to fight. Yeah, and we're just fighting. We're yeah. just fighting. That's it. It's not fighting for something. We're just fighting. And I think that's kind of telling that, yeah, there are fractures going on in the Alliance. And it's got nothing to do with the Alliance itself. It's just everybody's kind of got their own motivations, I think. And everybody's got their own. It's, it's exactly what Sylvanas wanted to happen. There's splintering going on. And it's not overt it's not like in your face but there is splintering going on the stuff that's going on with Taronda and Malfurion and and you know the war front and everything that's happening over there is it warranted absolutely they should have their vengeance I mean Teldrassil was torched you want some kind of retribution for that absolutely but at the same time it's kind of taking them away from the main part of the alliance to go do that um, and they're kind of splintering off. They don't. It's not that they disagree with Anduin. It's not that they don't like the alliance or anything. They just have their own thing to be doing. So they're going to go do it. And and I feel like that's been happening little by little, bit by bit here and there. It's nothing as in your face though as what Garrosh did to the Horde. You know, back in um, Missa Pandaria. It's nothing like that. Yeah, but I still think that there's that danger of the alliance. It's moving away from that idea of we're always, you know, we're the good guys that, that some people foolishly have. They're moving towards a more aggressive mentality. We're, we're going to see that, like, what we don't know yet what happens within 8.2 with the gnomes. Obviously, the gnomes and goblins are going to be pretty heavily involved in Mechagon. At each other's throats yeah. or working together or whatever it is, it's apt to be yeah. explosive, I'm sure. Just because, but there's, you know, there's a lot of that happening at once, like where the night elves are basically going off to fight over Darkshore. It's they're going to fight over their home. They're going to they're going to fight over whether or not anyone comes to help them. And obviously, Alliance people are going to go help them because the Warfront exists. But it's not they're not getting the military help of the full Alliance forces. The Alliance, meanwhile, the Alliance forces are attacking the Zaralor around the same time. So the Alliance is already splitting up to do multiple things. There is that sense of, like, they're becoming aggressive at a time when the Horde is more united than they are. For the first time ever, maybe. And the Horde's got its own problems and its own divisions, but they're not showing through in terms... Nobody's making a move Horde side yet. Nobody is saying, you know, we've got to stop Sylvanas. That's the only thing... That's why I think he lets Varrock out, because Varrock is the only one who can really credibly start an anti-Sylvanas movement over there. Nobody else can do it. Bane for could certainly reasons. try, but I don't think he'd get very far by himself. Bane is pretty isolated right now. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, Bane backed up, um, oh, bloody heck, Vol'jin, when he did it against Garage, but it's a different situation now. Sylvanas has stuff on him. She didn't threaten him overtly. She didn't do the I will kill you thing like Garage did, she, and she certainly didn't try and have him assassinated like Garage did with Vol'jin. But she let him know, I have you. If you push me, I will let people know what you did. Yeah. I will let them know that you that you did this. Not I didn't do you do anything. You reached out to Anduin. You made contact across lines. You're, you're the not... one who's being a traitor. Yeah, and so it really does have to be Varric. But right now the horde is more unified than the alliance is. That's just the way it is. I think to a certain degree, I mean, I have nothing against seeing like the, the, the night elves get more aggressive, 
but it does kind of play into Sylvanas's hands because Sylvanas doesn't have to care about her own troops because if they die, okay. Bring them back. Then, now they're forsaken yeah. and they're way more loyal than they ever were before. Yeah. And so I do think Anduin's kind of understanding we can't fight by becoming worse than them because we can't be worse than them. They are better at being the horde than we're ever going to be. If we I mean, get Anduin super aggressive. Andwin said it like in the trailer for Battle for Azeroth when he was doing the whole Alliance battle cry. He said, stand as one. They aren't yeah. standing as one right now. They're standing as one in isolated little groups here, there, and everywhere, which is that's where Sylvanas wants them. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, on, on paper, it actually looks like the Alliance is winning, but they're winning by I don't becoming think they are. the thing they fight. Yeah. I well, I mean, it's just how it looks. I, I do definitely think Sylvanas is not discomforted yet but in terms of like moves on paper it looks like the alliance is winning but the way they're winning is to abandon everything that they that they are they're not they're not standing united as you pointed out and they're not really winning desire lore didn't win them anything sure it's a military victory it's it's a but it's a very pyrrhic one you went in you attacked you killed the leader of of the zandalari but in that in terms of what that actually does all it does is make the zandalari want to fight you more now they're much more likely to join the Horde um, and to really join them, not to just be an ally to them, to actually join them. And they're now going to have a new dynamic leader. You didn't cripple them, really. You hurt some ships, but ships can be rebuilt. You know, you, you inflicted a temporary strategic defeat on them, but it's not one that will, will cripple or destroy them. It's more like punching somebody in the face and then backing off. So... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in terms of, like, I don't know that their moral compass is the problem here. I think possibly the problem here is, is that they are losing it, and they are, they're dividing up into their own little groups. We're going to have the gnomes off doing their own thing. The night elves are off doing their own thing. And with every group that decides it's going to go off and do its own thing, the alliance is less able to counterpunch when the horde eventually comes back in a united way and hits them. So. And, I mean, I think we're going to see them come back together with the whole raid thing, because obviously they're going to get everybody together and take that strike at Zoldazar and Dazar Alor, but I don't know what the fallout from that is going to be, or if they're even going to consider that a success um, at this point. It's something we're going to have to wait for, because again, the raid's not going to be out immediately or anything like that. Um, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to 8.1 next week, because this whole story has so many different little elements in it that haven't come into play yet. And, I mean, we only just began Battle for Azeroth. There's a lot more expansion to play through, and I feel like every patch that they do is going to have a little more of that story. And it feels like we're going to build to something really extraordinary at the end. I don't know if Sylvanas is going to get away with everything. I don't know what's going to happen to her at the end of this. I'm hoping she doesn't just turn into another raid boss because I think that would be it'd be a tremendous disservice to the character. She's a fantastic character. Is she evil? Oh yeah! I mean, if you don't think she's evil, I don't know who you've been looking at all these years, but she's she's not She's not light, lightness and, and sweetness and happiness and, and, you know, prancing through the fields with flowers. That's just not who Sylvanas is. That's not who she's ever been. But I don't think that a character that's as multi-level, multi-faceted as she is, I don't think you can get rid of a character like that really easily and have it be 
have it feel satisfactory. You need someone so, like Sylvanas in a story like this. I mean, you know, I talk about Warlords of Draenor and I talk about Garrosh and I and I keep saying it's kind of a shame that we lost Garrosh the way we did. I still believe that. I think that he was the kind of character that could have gone on a lot longer, that could have, you know, had a lot more done with him, that had a lot more sides that we weren't necessarily allowed to see in favor of just, you know, having him killed, you know, coming full circle, killing him at the place where he was first quote unquote found, that kind of thing. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see them doing away with Sylvanas like that. Yeah, I, I definitely am not thinking that that would be a good move if she just gets taken out in a raid fight. Uh, you know, it's, it is hard to think of a way back from what she's done. It is hard to think of a way back from having polarized the horde like this, but I I do feel like there's got to be more than just we kill her in a fight. And I don't know necessarily if there's like a redemption angle for her either. I don't know if it's possible for her to be quote unquote redeemed, not the way that she is, not being who she is, and that is an undead creature. I the only way I see that happening is if we go back to that point that she showed that night elf, like right before she burned Teldrassil, the moment of her death and something extraordinary happens to like flip the switch as it were. Cause there, there are moments where that almost happened, but those moments where that almost happened, they weren't enough to override who she is at the core. She's an undead thing that was raised by the Lich King. She's no longer under the Lich King's control, but somebody's pulling the strings there. And I don't think that it's Sylvanas. I I think that there's something, you know, higher up working here, and maybe she doesn't even realize what that is. But I don't know. I don't know. She's a really interesting character. I would hate to see her go anywhere. I really would. I don't know if it would be... It would take a lot to leave her as leader of the Forsaken at this point. It would. Because if they take her down as leader of the Horde, are they really just going to say, okay, now go back to Undercity where you belong and we'll just let you do your thing again? There's no going back from that. There's no going back from where she's at. There's no going back from being pushed to the front like she is. She can't just slip back into the shadows and just be one of those, you know, leaders of the horde. Oh no, she's totally fine. It, it, you can't go back to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. You can't just have her go. Whoops, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I think it's sort of fascinating, and and you know, maybe we'll see what happens there. As it is, eight point one. It's coming next week, next Tuesday. Um. So keep your eyes peeled because there will be a boatload of new story content to play through and we'll see more of the Alliance stuff and we'll see more of the Horde stuff too. I'm wondering if we'll see more of Sylvanas because honestly, we haven't really seen a lot of her. No, everything else has been reactions to what she did before. Yeah. And she's barely, she's actually barely been in this expansion. Yeah. There's it's not... like, where, where is she? What is she doing? Don't know. Hmm. That's weird. So... I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we get more of that. If not in 8.1, like in the next couple of patches, we'll see more of what the Banshee Queen has been up to. And Epic Lur Lurker pointed out in the chat channel, uh, he, he just said, how long till Kalia makes her appearance? And yeah, that's a really good question too, because Kalia is going to have to show up at some point. There's a lot. That's another one of those loose ends where it's like, 
you know, eventually that's going to come back too. And we haven't seen that yet. Um, so I'm kind of curious how that's all going to play out. I think though, that kind of wraps us up for emails because I don't think we have time to go into these other two because they're both pretty lengthy as far as that goes. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up here, okay? If you're asking me, yes. Okay. All right. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Um, again, if you have an email for the show, guys, please send it to a podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.